I'm now speaking with Jim Selinski, who was appointed in April 2014 as the lead manager for the fixed income element of our strategic managed fund. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. Now, as labour markets continue to tighten strongly in the United States, perhaps I could firstly ask you, what is the likely trajectory for interest rates in your view? I think they will rise. And although that said, I think they will rise very slowly. I think you see in Yellen's response and the Fed as a whole, they are concerned that as unemployment rates dip below 5%, this has been a concern all along that the labor markets are too tight. And then I think, moreover, they've seen recently that by not moving, it's actually created some disorder in the markets. And and so I think one of the reasons for not moving going forward has been taken away. But the reason they'll move, I think, very slowly and gradually is just the amount of deflationary impulse that comes through almost on a weekly basis globally. And I think they're they're fearful of that. They're as perplexed about the many different interactions that you see in policy policy divergences, commodity collapses, and things like that. And that that should keep them cautious, I think, going into next year. And do you still think that that a rise is likely, the first rise is likely in 2015? We thought no, but I think after yesterday's speech where she had a chance to clarify that, but made it quite clear that most of the Fed members still looked for a 2015 move, I, I do think it's very much back on the table. And the odds are probably in the 60-40 area. I think if markets continue to behave in a very volatile way or if some of the emerging markets continue to take a leg lower, then I think they probably will hold off. But their plan right now will be to tighten. And absent more negative news, I think they'll carry through with that. And we talked about the challenges of of slightly more volatility in markets. And and obviously, one of the topics that a lot of people are are writing about at the current time is liquidity in fixed income markets. Mm. What's what's your perspective on that? Well, liquidity is very poor. And one thing we've noticed is that it's highly correlated with liquidity in the global economy. So as liquidity retreats a bit on on a global basis, we think it's poor and not likely to get any better. I do think that has ramifications for how you manage assets. It, it doesn't mean you avoid them because illiquidity makes things go up as well as down. Um, but it does mean you need to be a provider of liquidity. And I think that's one of the tests of an active manager is can you be there to exploit the opportunities that might arise through illiquidity or depressed selling. So I think it does also make you take a slightly longer-term view, a longer horizon. Rapid turnover, I think, in illiquid asset classes or illiquid environments can be very, very costly. But it does not mean that you should avoid the risk. And one thing I would point out as well is if you look at things like credit spreads, the compensation today for that liquidity risk, in our mind, is probably amongst the highest we've ever seen. So it's a risk, but you're getting compensated for that risk. That's really interesting. So for the highly professional, highly disciplined, long-term fund manager, with the credit environment being what it is, you can actually take advantage of these situations. Yes, I think so. And you've seen extreme volatility in certain sectors, in certain names, and the flows are highly variable in and out of the asset class on almost a weekly basis. And the price action is now quite sensitive to those developments. And if you take a fundamental view, what you'll often see, even in the bad sectors, are credits that are well positioned to handle a lot of stress. And and to us, those are the opportunities that arise in these kinds of conditions. 
Now, Jim, we've asked you and your colleagues to manage this portfolio with a relatively short duration. I firstly wanted to ask you, what does that actually mean? How, how, how can investors understand what short duration means? Well, one of the basic risks in, in any fixed income portfolio is the sensitivity to interest rates. And first and foremost, a short duration gives you a very low sensitivity to rising rates. And so if you are concerned that policy is about to begin tightening, interest rates are obviously at low levels. And should they go up, these are portfolios that should actually generate positive returns, even with modest rises in rates. So you're insulated, I think, much better in these types of portfolios from from rate rises. So it provides you a bit of protection, but does that still give you scope for opportunity in terms of the the individual bond selection in the portfolio? Oh, it very much does. The short part of the corporate markets, you know, is still it's a hugely diverse market, very global in nature, and most of the big industries that that you'll see quoted in the corporate space have bonds in the zero to three, zero to five year part of the yield curve. So it really does not limit us, and one of the unique features about short duration is that you can often get wider yield spreads. And so you really don't suffer as much from an income perspective, even though you're insulating yourself from the interest rate risk. And moreover, it also creates a portfolio where you would have less credit risk than a full maturity portfolio. So in some ways for this stage in the cycle, I think a short duration credit portfolio is actually an ideal position. And the final thing I wanted to ask you was about credit risk in the portfolio. Obviously, you have to look at it on a case-by-case basis, but how does the short-duration nature of the, of, of the fund equate to credit selection that you and your analysts and, and fund manager colleagues are undertaking? We start with the same fundamental analysis we would do for all credits, but you have much greater transparency with short-duration bonds because you can see what a firm might have in assets, might have in cash, and you can look at that, say, compared to upcoming maturities, you know, what they have in terms of bank lines. And so the analysis of liquidity from a balance sheet perspective is actually clearer as you get shorter and shorter in duration. And I think that means, you know, for us, we feel like we have a better chance of predicting either credit stresses or or defaults. So I, I think it allows an active manager to do very well. It's also one of those areas of the market that because fewer people focus on it, I actually think we get more distortions, more dislocations. And again, that just creates more opportunities. It sounds like the best of all worlds. Jim Salinsky, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.